University of California did a study or a report on olive oil, and they came to the conclusion that 69% of the olive oils that are sold in America are not extra virgin olive oil. Our olive oil, we only sell this year's harvested oil. We don't sell last year's stuff. They just bring as much to America as they can because they know most Americans, you know, unfortunately don't know what a quality oil is because they've never really had it. The problem is they don't know the harvest date because they might have bought olive oil from last year from Morocco. They might have bought olive oil from this year from Greece. Never refrigerate olive oil, ever. It'll build condensation inside and you just don't want to put it in the fridge. Okay. Because different olive oils, even if you have the same exact olives, will come from different regions of Greece and taste different. There's hundreds of millions of people in this country and billions of people in this world. Like we were talking about earlier, saturation. The market is big enough for all of us. Ryan Muncy is, is probably the smartest guy I know. Trust me, Muncy is the nutrition guy. Ryan Muncy's out there trying to make the world better for all of us. The Optimal Performance Podcast is bold, edgy, creative, entertaining, and epic. Ryan Muncy is my go-to guy. Ryan Muncy is he's the first guy I call. He's making people's lives better. Ryan Muncy's an innovator. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Optimal Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Muncy, and today we are joined by Tony Casandrinos, co-founder, yeah. co-owner of Casandrinos International, uh, yes. best known for the world's fastest growing <laughs> olive oil company. Is that correct? Yeah, that's what it's looking like right now. All right. So um, for you guys listening, Tony is uh, an active duty Marine. Uh, Tony, we thank you for your service. You're welcome. Uh, he's Greek. Um, and he's going to tell us a lot about olive oil, a lot about building a business um, while working a day job. Yeah. And we're going to dive into a lot of cool stuff. Before we do that, make sure you guys go to naturalstacks.com. You'll be able to see the video version of this along with the links, any of the resources that we talk about, show notes. Uh, we'll have a link at the end uh, for um, a coupon code for yep. some amazing olive oil for you guys. And as always, go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review. Let us know how much you like the OPP. If it's helping you, if you enjoy the things we're talking about, share it with the people in your life that you know would benefit from the things we're talking about. Uh, you know, as, as Tony rattles off some of the things he's going to share with you today, uh, anybody who pops into your head uh, that you wish that they knew it, go ahead and share the OPP with them. Um, grab their phone, subscribe them to the OPP, or grab a share link uh, from iTunes or Stitcher and just text it to them, email it to them, post it on social media, whatever. Um, public service announcement is over. Tony, um, I guess it, one, of, one of the first questions I want to know is why olive oil? Okay, great question. Um, well, Olive oil has always been in my family since I was before, well before I was born. It was in my father, you know, my grandfather did it, my great-grandfather did it. Basically, everybody who lives in Greece has olive trees. Uh, they're, for anyone that's ever visited Greece, they're everywhere. Um, we never really had an olive oil company. We never really sold it in retail. Um, my uncle decided to sell it retail. Um, he was, but he's old school Greek doesn't know how to turn on a cell phone or a computer. So, you know, he'd bring over a lot of olive oil from Greece with 
I mean, greatest quality stuff, except the, the marketing was ugly. The, the, the label had spelling errors on it. It was just, it was a mess. But um, he relied on just driving it around to local import stores. Um, never really did any sort of marketing whatsoever. So it was basically just another olive oil on the shelf to the consumer. Um, now how I got into it, I mean, when I turned 18, I went off to the Marine Corps. I was gone basically the entire time. Uh, back in about 2009-ish, I was uh, crossfitting very heavily in Philadelphia on my off time. And I had happened to go home to Rochester, New York, um, and my uncle gave me a case. Didn't think nothing of it. I always use this stuff. I mean, we, we live off of it. Um, and so I had a case in the trunk of my car. The following weekend, um, we were having a birthday party in the CrossFit gym for one of the members. And we had this huge spread, you know, that had like all sorts of meat and just all this paleo food, obviously. Paleo was just up and coming at the time. Um, and there was a big salad at the end with a big bottle of like Bertoli. So I told my friend Aaron, who was the owner at the time, I was like, get that stuff off the table. I got some good stuff in the trunk of my car. So I brought it a little bit out and within like five minutes, the whole bottle was kicked. So she's like, do you have any more? I was like, okay, let me just bring the whole case in here, you know? So long story short, uh, people started asking me for it. And I was like, well, I don't really do this. Um, so next time I went to Rochester, I brought a few cases back with me. Long story short, it snowballed to the point where everybody was asking me for this stuff. And we had a, our, our gym probably had about 100 members at the time. And I'm just like getting like 100 requests for olive oil <laughs> for bottles. So um, at, for anyone that knows anything about military recruiting, you work about 80 hours a week. I mean, it was just like all work and a little bit of you know, working out and sleeping. So um, I didn't have time to start a business. I ended up starting one. <laughs> I was leaving recruiting at the time, though, and moving on to Texas. And I was like, all right, I'm going to have a little bit more free time in the evenings. Um, so my thing was I wanted to be, I didn't want to just sell it in local stores. I don't have time for that. So that's when I decided to go online, make a website, built my first website myself, not knowing what I was doing. Decided to start doing the social media thing, and it really snowballed from there. Then about a year later, I brought my sister Effie into it who was a savior. You brought her in uh, mm -hmm. right before you were deployed, right? Yep, I was getting ready to, well, at first we were looking like we were going to Afghanistan. So I told the, uh, I had a UPS guy, he owned a UPS in Fort Worth. Um, I used to bring package the oil and bring it to him during the day. And I told him, I was like, hey, hey I'm gonna have to shut this down for probably six months to a year. He's like, why, just leave all your oil here and we'll ship it for you. I was like, okay. So we didn't end up going to Afghanistan. I went um, to Asia. I was in Japan most of the time and all over the Pacific. But before I went, I asked my sister, I was like, hey, do you want to do this with me? Because I'm not going to be able to do it by myself from some Pacific island, you know, in the middle of nowhere. So we, we agreed, you know, became 50-50 partners. We kind of always, we're actually the only two people in my family that didn't go into business. <laughs> she uh, went and worked for uh, J.P. Morgan out of college, and now we went to the Marine Corps. So we're like, all right, let's do this thing and see how it goes. Um, we rebranded and be it became Cassandrinos Olive Oil. Um, made a really nice website. We're like, all right, let's invest some money into this and make it you know, professional. <laughs> and yeah, the rest is history. 
Nice. So if you guys listening want more of the business side, uh, we'll put links to Tony's appearance on mm-hmm. some of the uh, more business focused podcasts that he's been on to, you know, hear some of the X's and O's of how he's built and, and how his team has built, mm-hmm. you know, what they've built. Um, you know, we'll touch on some of, some of that from a, a time management and a priorities um, and motivation uh, standpoint, productivity standpoint. But uh, again, for the, the actual business X's and O's, you've shared yeah, that no, on yeah, other it's, podcasts. It's, so it's, it's out there. Um, so we'll put links to those on the show notes for you guys. So make sure you go to naturalstacks.com to see that. Um, so one of the things that, that we really want to focus on is, you know, some of the, uh, the truths and, and myths and misconceptions about olive oil. Yep, um, there, there's been a lot of publicity recently about some studies showing mm-hmm. that, that olive oil is fake, that olive oil is spiked with canola oil. Yeah. Um, what can you tell us about this? So, I mean, I, and I get this question daily. That's why I like to like get it out there and, you know, um, literally almost every day, like, is your olive oil real? Okay. Um, so it was actually back in 2010 that, uh, yeah, University of California did a study or a report on olive oil. And they came to the conclusion that 69% of the olive oils that are sold in America they took their olive oils from local grocery stores in the Southern California area, but they stated that 69% of them are not extra virgin olive oil. Um, that can be from a host of different reasons. Um, and in the report, they stated that it was due to either oxidation, which I'll show you with these bottles in a minute what I mean by that, but so olive oil either oxidized or it was adulterated with other oils nor did they say it was definitively adulterated. They didn't test for that. Um, the biggest problem with that study or report was that they left a lot of information out. One, how old was that oil? Mm-hmm. Um, two, did you even test for anything else other than the acidity level of that oil? Um, and they didn't. The information wasn't in there. So they said it could be this or that. But a lot of news outlets and you know, a million bloggers said, oh, all olive oil in America is fake, you know. Um, but what I tell everybody, you know, go back and look who funded the study, you know. And um, there was a few olive oil companies that were in the study that did fund that study. Um, you know, they're California companies. But, um, yeah, so the biggest thing with that is look and see who funded it. Look how the study was actually conducted because the biggest thing for me is – I don't think they tested fresh olive oil. They mm-hmm. tested what they got off a store shelf that was sitting underneath the light for God knows how long. And that's the information they put out to the public. And, you know, right. I, you know, we, we live in kind of in a generation where people just read headlines. Yeah. And they oh. don't really read what, how this was conducted. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of those headlines were, were quite sensational and, and kind of built upon what was actually said in the study. Like you exactly. said. Exactly, so. yep. Um, all right, you mentioned light uh, mm-hmm. and, and how it can oxidize these oils yes. over time. Uh, kind of explain that, uh, how that happens, why that happens. Okay, so, well, first of all, for, from an acidity level, um, anything 0.8 or below is considered extra virgin. Um, we can test. i got a few bottles here. If you're listening, you're not going to see them, but um, we can test all four of these bottles out right here, and they're going to test out at different levels to, and the older they get and the you know there's conditions that will make it oxidize quicker it could be you know opening up and just letting air 
you know, not screwing this down all the way and now it, it starts breaking down the oil. Or it could sit underneath the light and it'll start to break the oil down itself. It's not like, unfortunately, not like wine where it gets better with time. Right. Olive oil starts breaking down because ultimately it's a fruit juice, you know. So, so it's wine, but, you know, that ferments and gets it's, better. Right, right. It's fermented. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that's um, really, going back to the study, we don't know how old that oil was. Right. They didn't put that information out there. So theoretically, they could test, you know, a bottle of whatever label this is mm -hmm. today, a week after it was pressed, and it's, it's an extra virgin olive oil. You can test it two years from now after it's been sitting on a shelf at the grocery store, and now it's not considered extra virgin olive oil. So does that make it fake? Not in my opinion. It just means it's not extra virgin. It's, it's not extra virgin anymore, and it's right. not nearly as good of quality as it was when it was fresh and new. But the thing is, when they go out and say, these olive oil companies are fake. Right. They're not really fake. It's more, there's a breakdown in the, uh, basically the supply system and how soon the consumer is actually getting that oil. Okay, got it. So I, I know from talking to you a few times before we sat down to mm. record this, that you guys are doing something unique in the olive oil space that is ensuring that customers get olive oil as fresh and as yep. quickly as possible after it's produced. Yep. Well, we do not sell in stores. <laughs> so um, in, in most companies, uh, most food companies, your main objective is to get on as many store shelves as possible. Um, we decided that we can't control the quality of our oil by being on a store shelf, unfortunately, um, because we don't know how long it's going to sit on that shelf. And we could put it in a, a, a tin can, which will block the light. Okay, it won't oxidize as fast due to light, but it could sit on that shelf for two, three years. Mm -hmm. There's been plenty of times I've gone into Whole Foods or any other grocery stores, and you'll find a really good quality olive oil, but it's like two years past its like freshness date. I mean, it'll be right past its best. They have a best before date on the bottle, okay. so you should consume it before this, but they'll sell it six months to a year after the fact. Right. And that's okay. And most people don't <laughs> consume a bottle, you know, in a week. It's not. No, you don't actually, most Americans consume under a liter a year. A year. Where Greeks, it's about, I think about 18 liters a year that they consume. That's I, a crazy I think, I think Italians are around 12 or 13 liters a year per, per person. That's crazy. Yeah. So it's a big difference. Over there, I mean, it's on everything. Right. It's, it's a, it's a, now, granted, the consumption in America has, like, tripled since, like, the early 90s. So right. it's out there a lot more, you know. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting to look at those numbers and uh, how it works. What else have you guys done to uh, distinguish yourself and stand out in what could be called a, a saturated market? Well... That's a great question. When I decided to start selling online, um, we're like, okay, we're coming into a market that is beyond saturated. I mean, there's a million olive oil companies out there. So myself and Effie, you know, sat back and were like, all right, what's everybody doing? And what could we do differently? Right. You know, so one, we wanted it to kind of represent us and who we are. And we really, you know, you see a lot of these olive oil companies, they're more concerned with uh, marketing it to fine dining restaurants or celebrity chefs or cooking shows. And we're like, no, we're, we like to CrossFit. We like to run races. We like to do Spartan races. 
that's our that's who we spend our time with is the fitness and health community. Mm-hmm. You know, paleo was coming up and coming at the time. So like these are our people. This is who we like to associate with. This is who we're gonna present it to. You know, these are our people. Um, we're you know we don't really not that I don't care about like <laughs> celebrity chefs, but I'd rather find you know someone who's cooking the food I like to eat. Right, and, and not only that, but from a business standpoint, there are a lot more people, regular people mm-hmm. like us in CrossFit, in Paleo, in in whatever our passions and interests yeah. are, than there are celebrity chefs. Oh, there are, there are. But I mean, and at the end of the day too, you, like there's no doubt in my mind, myself and Effie, we can sell our olive oil in a grocery store and probably make a lot more money. But then again, it comes back to we lose the quality control of our product. Mm-hmm. like. Our olive oil, we only sell this year's harvested oil. Like if we we don't sell last year's stuff, which is very, very common with everybody right. else because they just bring as much to America as they can because they know most Americans, you know, unfortunately don't know what a quality oil is because they've never really had it. Right. You know? That's right. why a lot of people when they try our oil, they're like, wow, that's different. That it doesn't taste like anything I've had before. Because unfortunately, they've been trying kind of bad stuff. It's kind of like going from eating uh, Big Macs your whole life and having like a nice juicy grass-fed burger, you know? So, so um, just off topic, I mean, what do you guys do with like last year's or the remainder of a uh, year's harvest? Well, we, so we, we're part of like a co-op in our specific area. And I'll get to that when I'll show you guys a bottle, but we have a, it's called a PGI, a protective geographical indicator. That means our olive oil comes from one specific little area in one specific region of Greece or any other country in the EU, but ours comes from a little valley near Sparta. Um, So we have quite a few people that own different farms in the area Mm -hmm. and we'll we'll harvest our olives. We take them right to the mill that day, they're pressed that day. That's one of the big things that makes a difference in the quality of the oil and once it's pressed. Um, We will sell a majority of that oil in bulk um, and we'll sell that to bigger producers that the, they buy it from all over the world. Um, ours, we basically make a set amount. If we sell out, we, anyone that's followed us for the last few years, we run out sometimes. And we're like, okay, we ran out. I'd rather run out at yeah. the end of the year and only sell this year's harvest than have leftover. So it's kind of a balancing act on how right. much oil do we bring over because with that, we've more than doubled every year since we've been in existence. So it's it's a balancing act that you have to play, but right. at the end of the day, we would rather only offer the best product available to our consumers. And a lot of our customers, and they've been our customers for four or five years now. So they're gonna know <laughs> if I'm selling them old oil, you right. know? Right. So that's, that's one of the biggest thing, that, that's probably the biggest thing that sets us apart from all the other olive oils out there. Cause there's a lot of great companies, I mean, it's, you know, it's just like there's a bunch of great wines, you know, um, or other food products. Right. Um, but we're very, very strict on what we offer to our consumer. Gotcha. You know? So speaking of consumers, mm-hmm. uh, what should consumers look for um, if they were going to go to a store and buy on the shelf or just buying olive oil in general? Great question. All right. So for the people who are just listening and not seeing this, I went to Whole Foods before I came here. And I bought three bottles of stuff that you should not look for. Because <laughs> there's actually more stuff that you shouldn't look for. Uh, the first, you know, we got this Bragg olive oil. 
and I'm not talking bad about any of these companies. There's a lot of great companies, there's a lot of bad companies. I'll, I'm just, I'm sure there's a fine oil. I'm just pointing out what's wrong with. Now, this is probably a good olive oil. It's Greek. It's unfiltered, extra virgin. The only problem is right here, I don't know if you can view in on it, keep in a cool, dark place. So you're defeating the purpose right away by putting this on a shelf underneath a light. Under fluorescent <laughs> Under fluorescent light all the time. 24-7. Yeah. So that's the only thing really wrong with this. It's, it's in a darker glass, which you definitely want to look for. This is clear glass. Right, um, so a, a darker, greener glass you definitely want a darker glass. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Same thing with beer. You know, you get beer in a dark uh, glass bottle. Um, so the thing is, this can be a great quality olive oil. The only thing is, due to the storage of it, it's not in a cool, dark place. Mm -hmm. It's sitting on a shelf. Is there um, like a a pressed on date on on any olive oils? Like okay, so here's the thing. Great question. Um, there should be a pressed on date. There is no rules stating that there has to be one. Okay. And I'm just thinking about like, you know, the, the third wave coffee stuff where, mm -hmm. you know, you're starting to yeah. see like roasted on and, and we know coffee is better closer to roast date. Exactly. Like, yeah, so if you look at this, so you can look at this bottle, they have no press date on here. They do have a best buy date, which is January 25th of 2019. That's my birthday. All right, so... Um, so you, got, you guys all know Tony's birthday yeah. now, so send him a birthday card. <laughs> yeah, exactly, year. there you go. So, but the thing is, and this is the biggest problem with the giant producers of olive oil, what they'll do, like I told you, um, that you have a lot of regions around the Mediterranean and they all produce olive oil, but what they'll do is you might have, say, a mega corporation that sells olive oil. They, they don't produce enough olive oil in Italy, which is the biggest buyer of olive oil in the world and exporter, but they will buy olive oil from all over and mix it in with their oil. So the problem is they don't know the harvest date because they might have bought olive oil from last year mm -hmm. from Morocco. They might have bought olive oil from this year from Greece. They might have bought, you know, this year from Spain and they'll buy it in bulk and they'll mix it all together, which is not inherently bad with that, but well, you start, you, to, know, you start to lose control exactly, over you do. You, you do. so much. Yeah, so with this, this olive oil specifically, I don't know when it was pressed. Right, and perhaps they don't either. They probably don't. Right. Um, because if you don't sell this year's oil that, you know, these companies, I mean, they buy it, tons of the stuff. So if they don't sell it this year, what are they going to do? They're going to hold it till next, right. you know, and they'll, I mean, it's a continuous process with these giant companies. I right. Mean, we're in the grand scheme of things, we're tiny, you know, but that's what we're focusing on quality and offering the best thing possible. So like this one, um, the problem, which you don't want, you don't want clear glass. Right. Um, definitely. And then another thing that like caught my eye when I was just like looking, it said, and I'll touch on this on why it's important, does not require refrigeration if used within 10 to 12 weeks after opening. Never refrigerate olive oil. <laughs> Ever. They'll build condensation inside and you just don't want to put it in the fridge. There is the fridge test, which a lot of people will do to see if olive oil is... What's the fridge test? We can throw this in a fridge and if it's 100% extra virgin olive oil, it should coagulate and solidify. Um, which 
if it is extra virgin, it will, but just because it coagulates doesn't mean it's extra virgin because you can adulterate an oil with other fats that will also coagulate. Right, so, right. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's like a, kind of like it was a, just a myth pretty much. Okay. Um, so, but with this one, here you can see we have an, an expiration date here, November of 18. So this one's got about a year on it. Again, I don't see a press date anywhere on here, unfortunately. Right. Nope, no press date. Um, does that one say uh, where it came from? Like great question Greece, there. Italy, does that matter? Well, in my opinion, it does matter. Uh, this one does not say. It does not say anywhere on it where these olives are from. Now, this one was from Greece. This is Whole Foods brand. This one, and this is why I bought it, one of the things to look for, it tells you, okay, here's a bunch of different countries it might be from. Look for the codes, and it'll tell you where the oil's from. So this one happens to be Italian and Spanish oil mixed okay. together. Okay. I noticed on the front it says uh, Mediterranean, Mediterranean blend. blend. Yes. Yeah. Now, that's not really a good thing in my opinion. Um, we don't know when this was pressed at all. Right. Um, and, and we, we have an expiration date on it, which is June of 18. Okay. And all we really know is that it came from Italy and Spain. Italy and Spain. That's about what you know from it. Okay. So it's not just enough to look for organic and extra virgin anymore. Well, the, okay. So organic, lots of... Because I, know, I yeah. know those are qualifiers that a lot of people yeah. look for. No, they definitely but, do. I mean, there's a lot of like buzzwords in my opinion. Right. Um, but... Um, the thing is, just because something's organic, the, the, okay, this could have been a great, this is organic olive oil, right? right? Organic extra virgin right here. It was pressed yesterday. This is probably an amazing olive oil. Right. But we don't know how old it is, and right. that's the problem. Right. You know, just because something's organic and extra virgin, okay, it's great and amazing. Even, you know, mine's great and amazing today. If you have this stuff four years from now, not so much. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So you, you really, I've ran out of my own olive oil before. It happens. <laughs> I travel a lot. I'm all over the country at all given times. So I've actually had to go buy olive oil because I make Greek salads like almost daily. Um, so this is stuff that I use. Like if I go to Whole Foods to buy a bottle of olive oil, yeah. I'm not getting in glass, uh, clear glass, because, you know, I don't know how it's going to taste. And I like trying other olive oils, you know, it's like, why not? But um you know, I'm I'm looking for okay. When was it, is this this year's harvest or is this two years ago? You know what I mean. So that's that's in my opinion the whole olive oil thing is getting the freshest thing possible. Is there a way to, to tell that? Because none well, of these none of those do. My, okay, mine but does. Yours does. If mine does. You'll have the the date right here, and then an expiration date. Now the expiration date is very important because just because this. And obviously, this bottle's empty. I just had it. This is an old this, bottle. This is from. If you guys are zoomed in, this on is that from table. October. <laughs> so this is this year's harvest, though, but it's right. still gone. I, I go through like one of these a week. Um, now the expiration date is in 2018 in April, but if I open this today, it's not April anymore. Right. You should consume this. I there's no set time. It's not going to go bad, but. It's going to start to degrade very, very slowly, and I would say six months from when you open this thing. Okay. You know, so just because it says, and, and there's no set date on when you have to put. Some companies put three years. I've seen forty-eight months wow. from the pr harvest date. Okay. You know. Right. And 
it, it, it's just you really don't want that oil to oxidize and as soon as you open this, that process starts. So once you do crack that thing open, get rid of it within a few months. Okay. You, know, you want to just let it sit in your cupboard for you know, two years. Got it. Is there anything else on your label that um, people should look for? Well, we got a pretty sexy logo, I think. <laughs> the, the name. <laughs> yeah. Look, look for look the name. <laughs> um, yeah, so we do have the PGI Laconia. Laconia is the state we're from in Greece. That's where Sparta is. It's kind of famous for that, even though Sparta is a tiny little village of maybe 10,000 people. So your olives are grown by uh, famous warriors. Yeah, basically. Um, and we got the PGI certification, which a lot of Americans don't really know about, but in Europe, it's a pretty well-known it's used for all foods. You know, you can use it for cheese. Like this is, you know, this comes from this region of Bulgaria or this okay. region from Greece. So that's saying specifically where this olive oil is from. Okay. Because different olive oils, even if you have the same exact olives, will come from different regions of Greece and taste different. Right. You know, because there's a lot of things that go into play on the taste of the oil. It's the soil, you know, how much rain did you have this year? Um, so that's definitely important. Um, obviously, if you have your organic certification, you know, we have that. There it is. Um, that's the biggest thing, though, like we were talking about on the back. Right. Um, so you got your, your harvest date. Yeah, your harvest date. That's the big deal. And your expiration date. Yep. Um, we tie one of the big things that we do, you know, going back to, like, um, how the that report was done with the testing of right. everything and okay they failed after they bought old olive oil and tested it we actually have a third party uh company test every single batch that we produce and that's on our website tied to the lot number so that's okay. one other thing to like definitely look at Beautiful. but the biggest things you know is the fact that i mean yes ours is in glass but this thing doesn't see the day of light until uh, until you it's, until until the it, consumer pulls so it out of a box. Pretty much, and takes the bubble I mean, it, wrap it's, off of it. it. It gets pressed in grease, bottled, boxed right away. As soon as it's at our fulfillment center, it stays in a cool, dark place. I mean, it doesn't. It's in a box. It doesn't see light. Right. So I guess it'll see a little bit of light for about the thirty seconds that they take it out of the box and wrap it up to send to you. And when it gets to your home. You know, when you pull it out, it's like, okay, it's going to see a little light. That's why I always recommend to people, though, because a lot of people are like, oh, we like your bottle. We want to keep it on our, you know, on our, uh, right in the kitchen out in the open. I was like, just put it in the cabinet. <laughs> you know, if you really want to keep it, get something that does not allow light through it, because right. it does make a difference. I've, I've actually tested out our oil. Okay. I bought two, two of my bottles, and I let one on right near the window in Texas, so, you know, nice and sunny every day. Yeah. Um, I left it there for a month, and then I had another bottle, which I kept, you know, in a kitchen cabinet. And I tasted them a month later, and I could, I could tell a difference. Wow. So it's noticeable, you right. know, and it's, uh, once you start to know what a good olive oil tastes like, it's, uh, you'll notice it. That's fascinating. So we've learned a lot about olive oil. Um, let's, let's shift gears a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned that, that you actually, uh, unlike most people, like competition. Love it. Why? Well, I from, think... Especially from yeah. a business standpoint. I, I, well, before business, I guess it came from the Marine Corps. I think it makes you better overall. It makes it um, just something I've always loved. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, but from business, it I think keeps you on your toes. I'm friends with a lot well for one your competition if you can still be friends with your competition in my opinion right. i'm sure most ufc fighters are all cool with each other or, you know a lot of professional athletes are cool with each other right um, but they still compete when it's time to compete you compete 
Um, but I think you can learn a lot from your competition. Um, that doesn't mean you go out and copy what they do. We've always tried to kind of do the opposite of what everybody's doing and set ourselves apart. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, there's million, hundreds of millions of people in this country and billions of people in this world. Um, like we were talking about earlier, saturation. The market is big enough for all of us. You can bring in 500 other olive oil companies. Um, but I think it, it really keeps you on your toes and it makes you think outside the box and be different and, you know, what sets us apart. And it makes you really think about that stuff, you know, so you don't get complacent with it. If, it, if there was no other olive oils out there, I would probably not care if I sold last year's olive oil, you know? Right. I mean, I probably personally or maybe, but um, it wouldn't be that important well, to me to really be. You may not have noticed that that was mm -hmm. a, a gap or yeah. an issue that, that you could correct. Exactly. And honestly, consumers. I didn't know it was until I started selling because I've always had this. I've always had infinite amounts of olive oil. I don't. It's an afterthought. It's like air to me. Right. We've always had tons of oil. Right. So and fresh. And, and it's fresh. Right. And and I wouldn't even eat olive oil and like I go to like a. A restaurant i'm not even putting that stuff on my salad because it's just not it's so watered down to me you right. know so it's something i never really thought about till i actually started really you know once i started selling our oil looking at other oils and be like okay what are they doing wrong what what can we do better than they're doing you know what's the problem with out because when i got into this business is when this report first came out and they're saying oh all this olive oil is fake you know which we could have used that <clears throat> to um, to our advantage and said, well, no, ours is real, so buy ours. Right. But to me, that's doing a discredit to all the other probably 90%, 95% of olive oil companies that are legit and doing it right because I don't for one minute think 69% of olive oils are fake or right. else there'd be a lot of people going to jail. Yeah. You know, and name one out there. I don't think anybody went to jail after that report. No, because they didn't name anyone that's doing it. Like, okay, name an uh, olive oil company sold in Walmart or Safeway or wherever they tested them from that's adulterating oil, and then we can have that conversation. But until you start naming companies, whatever. But, yeah, so, but, you know, with the competition thing, it's definitely, I, I just think it's a good thing for anybody in any business or world, you know, and it, it's, uh, it just keeps you, keeps you moving forward. All right. So we mentioned at the top, um, you are still active duty. Yep. Um, Two more years. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who's counting, right? Yeah, exactly. So active duty, you've built this thing, um, if, if we want to call it spare time, mm -hmm. in your spare time, yep. uh, which doesn't sound like you have a whole lot of. Nope. <laughs> so, you know, let's talk productivity secrets, prioritization, Pri yeah. time management. Yep. Um, um, how have you been able to do it? Huh. Okay, so I learned basically everything I know about business. Well, I, both my parents had restaurants growing up. Okay. Totally different business. We were talking about this earlier, how there's a generational gap on how business was done pre-internet, I right. guess you could say. Right. Um, but pretty much everything I learned, in my opinion, I have to give credit to Marine Corps recruiting because and anyone who's ever been a recruiter, like your every minute of your waking day is... Um, you have to block, hey, what am I doing from you know, this hour to this hour to this hour? So time management, in my opinion, is everything along with discipline. You know, you gotta be disciplined with your day and use your time productively. And that comes pretty much from waking up in the morning, 
okay, what am I going to do from five to seven? And then, you know, you, I, I really block time for everything every day. Whether, and that, that could even be just chilling time because I do think you need to be able to detach from both things, you know. Mm -hmm. One thing that has helped, you know, I'm, I'm single with no kids. I mean, it's, it's, that makes it a lot easier. Right. Because <laughs> I could imagine, you know, and I look at my sister, Effie, who's my business partner, where a lot of times she's just like, I don't have time to do this. She has you know? kids? She has or, two kids. Okay. Yeah, two little girls, which was interesting. The, the first, while I was deployed in Asia, she was pregnant with her first. Um, so that definitely makes it harder if you have kids, in my opinion, you know. For all the parents out there, like it, it's definitely harder. So I had more flexibility. Like my day usually ends around four thirty, five, um, maybe six late nights. So as long as I can block a set amount of time in the evening, I can get a lot of stuff done. Or on weekends, there's a lot of like Saturdays where I would go to a coffee shop and just work for twelve or fourteen hours, just fueling up on caffeine <laughs> nonstop. Right. But those are some of my most productive days, and you know, so being disciplined with your daily schedule. And ma really maximizing your time and being really efficient with your time, but I think efficient gets used a little too much. You got to be effective, effective with your yeah. time that you're using. Right. You know, so that, in my opinion, you just really your time. Um, I mean, I, I think it's like our most valuable commodity. Um, you, you can't yeah. ever get it back. It's every right. second and minute. You know, it adds yeah. up, and yeah. you know, I see a lot of my friends are like. You know, my single friends at the time, obviously married with kids, you got more to do. But a lot of my single friends, you know, what are they doing? They're going out, partying on weekends and sleeping half the day because you're hungover, the, you know, from Friday or Saturday night or playing video games. You know, tons of adults, you know, nothing against video games, but spend hours and hours right. playing Call of Duty or whatever. And your off time is like, you could be doing so much with that time. Exactly. You know? Exactly. No, and well, it's like, well said. You know, and so there's time. There's definitely time. I don't, you know, regardless if you know you you look. If at it's like, important, you can find time it, to yeah, get it done. Yeah, the, the, your priorities are what they are. I mean, you look at some of these mega billionaires. I mean, I just reading um, owner Dallas Mavericks. What's his name? Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban reads three hours a day. Three hours a day. So if that guy, you know, he owns an NBA team and yeah. countless other things, he can sit there and read for three hours a day. I think your average person should be able to take an hour because you can build a business in an hour a day. I'm 100% convinced of it. I've seen too many people do it. Right. You know, so. Well, and that's, uh, I've, I've read one of his books and that's one of the things that's always been a strategy of his was uh, educating himself and reading. And, yeah. and when he first started out uh, selling and, and in the computer boom, mm -hmm. he was like reading instruction manuals on, you know, computers and yeah. printers and like all that boring technical stuff that yeah. uh, he became, you know, well-versed in. So. Yeah. No, I'll be the first to admit, like I, I tell everyone that I, I didn't read much until I started my business. Like I never cared to read. I was like, I don't have time for this. I'd rather be doing something else. That's me too. I was the same way. But now, I mean, I, I try and read a book a week now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to read three hours a day <laughs> by any means, but I try and read a lot more. Right. And you know, it, it's just an invaluable thing. I mean, I think I got through high school maybe reading five books. You know, like <laughs> the ones that they made the you read. The Cliff Notes versions, <laughs> right. too. You know, but yeah, so even with that, it, it, everything's time management, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, discipline and time management, and that's what it is. 
let's talk about delegation too. I think that's something that you've mm-hmm. mentioned in the past before. You know, where you know you're you're very careful about you know identifying strengths and weaknesses for mm-hmm. members on your team, putting people in the yes. in the right position, giving them the tasks where where yeah. they can excel. Uh, maybe making sure that you're not doing things that you suck at. Yeah, and, definitely. And you're, you're doing whatever your unique genius is. Definitely. I think Gary V talks about that a lot. You know, like don't try and get better at what you're not good at. Maximize what you are good at. And that's a beautiful thing about my sister and I being in business together is we're like polar opposite, but we work really good together because the, the things that I have no interest in doing, like all the Excel documents and paperwork, she like really enjoys that. So I don't know how, but she enjoys it. I like the networking or doing a podcast or talking to people, social media. I like interacting with people where she's like, I'd rather just sit here on my computer and play with numbers, you know? So, but we, we do have a lot of other team members. We don't have like employees. We try and keep it very streamlined and simple. Um, but we have a lot of people that make it happen from everybody that's harvesting our oil in Greece to our mill that presses it for us to getting it to our fulfillment center and then our the workers who package our oil. And then, you know, from a business standpoint, I've got an amazing web designer and uh, affiliate marketing manager. So we have all these different people, but um, they do what their strengths are. And we, you know, pay people to do what their strengths are, what they're really, really good at. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'd rather have like outsource a specific job to somebody that they know that job inside and out than, well, for one, me learning how to do it. Cause if I'm not good at it and my sister's not good at it, I'd rather have someone that's really good at it, do it, right. you know? Right. Um, like perfect example, like just making like um, social media posts. I can do it, but my 22 year old cousin who just graduated as a graphic designer from Rochester Institute of Technology, she can do in five minutes what it takes me an hour to do. Right. And it looks way better. Right. So I'm like, hey, you want a job? You know? <laughs> I mean, it, it's all about, in my opinion, surrounding yourself with the best people possible mm-hmm. and then utilizing their strengths, you know, instead of trying to get better at something you're not really probably gonna. Perfect. Perfect. Um, what would, what's the biggest mistake that you see people make? Uh, you, you talked about this before, like when, when somebody has an idea in their head um, and they want to run with it and it may not sound as easy as, or it may not be in reality as easy as it sounds in their head. You know, where do you see people hitting roadblocks or, or getting uh, tripped up? Uh, the biggest roadblock I see, and you know, I've touched on this on previous podcasts, and but I think it's really, really important. It, and it, it was almost a big roadblock for me. You know, mine was I didn't, I don't have time to do this. It's a great idea. Like we have, a, ultimately, we had an amazing product in my family that was just always there. I never really realized it was. But okay, I would love to sell this to everybody. I want to get it to everyone in America and everyone in China, Japan, you name it. But how do I do that? You know. So you just one, you got to think of whatever that idea is. But the biggest thing is actually doing it. Sounds simple, but that's where that's everyone's biggest hurdle, in my opinion. Just do it. You know, like I didn't know how to really build a website, but I just did it. You know, and and there was probably a two month period where I didn't want to do it. I was like, I don't have time for this. I don't really have the energy to like start a business. Like I've never done a business in my life. You know, but I think that goes with anything. I mean, you can talk about uh, going to the gym. You right. know, 
there's only one way to start and that's walking through the door and doing it you know jumping off a cliff into a big pond you know you gotta just do it right you know so i think that's the biggest is uh, that's a nike slogan isn't it it is <laughs> no but uh <laughs> yeah i mean but but it's so great and it, it to me it defines like you know getting something accomplished or done and there's no, you, you might fail you might not fail but you're not going to find out until you actually do it right you know sounds so cliche <laughs> i don't think so but I but so. i mean it, it is what it is you know i mean it's i think that is everyone's biggest hurdle is just like um either being afraid afraid to fail at it um afraid to not do that well or doing something new that you're outside your comfort zone doing mm-hmm. you know and until you actually do it yeah, nothing. Right. <laughs> All right. A couple more questions, Tony, yeah. and, and then uh, we'll let you go. So first one, what's the best advice you've ever been given? Oh, my goodness. Best advice I've ever That's a tough one. Wow. Um, I th- well, actually, no, it's not that tough. My, I have to give credit to my mom, Cindy. If she's out listening, I'll give her credit for this. But And it, this is another one of those cliche things, I guess, maybe from the 80s. I don't know. But it's just treat everyone how you want to be treated. You know, yep. and I've oh, that's just something that's, that's always stuck with me. Rule. It is. It's a golden rule, you know. Right. And I'm probably, I'm sure, probably a lot of people's parents said that to them. But I mean, I, I distinctly remember being like a little kid, and my mom's like, maybe I was like beating Effie up or something, and she's like, "Treat her how you want to be treated." So I beat her up some more, and then expect her to beat me up. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. Okay. You know? Where can our listeners get more of you and check out? Cassandrinos olive oil. Mm, Cassandrinos olive oil. So just Google Cassandrinos. It's not Kardashian. It looks like it a lot on a bottle, but it's actually really simple to spell. It's just kind of long in Greek. But uh, yeah, so if you Google us, it'll probably bring you to either our website, Cassandrinos.com or Amazon. That's the only two places you can get our olive oil. And then social medias, we're pretty much on everything Pinterest, Instagram, Twitter, all that fun stuff, Facebook. Okay. And, uh, yeah. And we're going to do uh, a discount code, mm-hmm. OPP. It will be yep. the code for you guys, OPP, all caps. Um, and what do they get for that? 15% discount. 15% off, off for you guys. Anything on our website. All right. Yep. Uh, Tony, final question, the yep. one that every guest has to answer. We want to know your top three tips to live optimal. Oh, top three tips to live optimal. One, um, which I think is the most important thing, and I saw you doing earlier standing and walking. Like, I do it all the time at work. I just get, I can't sit for too long. Yeah. Like, I, standing and walking to me, I think, is the, uh, the most uh, forgotten thing in America. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely number one. That was intentional, by the way. Yes. <laughs> we went for a walk a little while ago. Um, so that's definitely number one. Two is eat as clean as possible. Mm-hmm. Like, just, pop, you know, the best you can eat, do it. Um, I think that's definitely not a priority in a lot of people's lives, and it should be, mm-hmm. especially like a financial priority. You know, I see a lot of people like, oh, we'll spend 100 bucks at the bar, but we won't have spent $100 for a week worth of groceries. You know, so definitely, so walking in and uh, standing a lot, eating really well, and laughing. Definitely, uh, yeah, laughing. I, I like that's, it. That's vital. All right, so what do you do when, say it's been a long day, mm-hmm. you, you, you've given your your duty to uh, the military yeah. you've, you've done what you need to do to keep the business rolling you yeah. realize hey you know what i need a laugh what's your go-to how do you how do you get that oh my go-to would be uh hang out or talk to funny people 
Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I like I like having I like being around people. I like to laugh, and okay. I don't take like I don't. You don't. I'm, you I'm don't, serious all day at work. You yeah, know, yeah. Grant, we joke around a lot at work, and but um, you know, I, I like to not take life outside the Marine Corps business too seriously. Like right. have fun and just be around fun people. All right, there you yeah. have it. So. Uh, so t- Tony thanks yeah. for hanging out with us today Definitely. so for you guys listening go to naturalstacks.com you'll be able to see video blog post uh, links to uh, the studies uh, we'll have links to Cassandrinos olive oil code is OPP to save 15% and as always go to iTunes leave us a five star review let us know how much you like the show Grab your friends' phones, subscribe them, grab the share URL, share this episode uh, on social media, or uh, email it, text it to people who you know eat olive oil and need to hear uh, this information on what to look for, what to avoid, what to buy. And we thank you guys for tuning in. We will talk to you on the next episode. Tony, thanks for hanging out with us. You're welcome.